Coffee to the Sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Zay, collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the worst podcast I've ever been on. Everybody, welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the best podcast you've never heard of. My name's Tom. I am your host. Today is Sunday, October the 18th, 2020. I want to thank everybody for listening, watching, and subscribing on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And as I mentioned last week, we are now on Amazon Music. So if you have a uh, an Echo device in your home, just ask Alexa to play the Catch, Hook, and Shoot podcast, and you'll be able to hear the show. And I uh, hope everybody's following on social media on all platforms. You can find the show at Catch Hook Shoot. Head to patreon.com slash catch hook shoot for bonus content. ProWrestlingTees.com slash catch hook shoot for all your t-shirt needs. And our web store, catchhookshoot.bigcartel.com for shirts and hats that you won't find on Pro Wrestling Tees, including this uh, nice one that I'm wearing right now. It's available in five different colors with the uh, Chicago flag and Chicago skyline design, as well as this hat. Uh, so head over there and check it out. Yes, I, I'm shamelessly hawking my merchandise. I, I you know, it, it, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, anyway, and if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. So let's get right into everything that's going on in the wonderful, wonderful world of pro wrestling. Easy for me to say. Starting it all off, like always, with the match of the week. All right, so the match of the week this week comes from NXT, and it was the uh, the opening match on the show. Tag team match between the Undisputed Era team of Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong, taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. And this was for the uh, number one contender spot for the NXT Tag Team Championship, and this was just a fantastic tag team match. I mean, if you're a fan of old school just classic tag team wrestling. This was it. I, I highly recommend that everybody go check this match out. I mean, uh, four of the best in-ring performers that NXT has right now. And, uh, yeah, they, they just they put on a tag team wrestling clinic is what they did. It was the opening match of the show, and it was just it was a fantastic display of what tag team wrestling should be. So, uh, yeah, match of the week this week. From NXT, Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. If you're only going to watch one match this week, make it this one. I guarantee you won't be disappointed, especially if you are a fan of tag team wrestling like I am. So let's keep rolling right along into the next segment here. It's my top three highlights of the week, and it is called The Three Count. So first up on The Three Count this week, Eddie Kingston. Is there anybody in wrestling right now who cuts a better promo than Eddie Kingston. I, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who who is on the same level with their promo skills as Eddie Kingston right now. And, uh, you know, this past week on Dynamite was no exception. It was after the, uh, the World Heavyweight Championship match between John Moxley and Lance Archer. Eddie Kingston was on commentary for the match, came in uh, to the ring after the match, 
just cut an amazing promo on Moxley before uh, proceeding to uh, beat him down some more. But, uh, you know, talking about Moxley uh, leaving him behind and, you know, when he went to the land of sports entertainment, uh, of course, talking about the WWE and just a, a phenomenal, passionate promo from Eddie Kingston. And like I said, I, I don't know if there is anybody in wrestling right now short of maybe Paul Heyman, who who cuts a better promo than Eddie Kingston does. So definitely, if you haven't uh, if you haven't watched Dynamite, you know at least check that part out. And when the uh, when the show ended, he continued with that promo, and you can find video of that online. And it was uh, just a, an amazing amazing promo from Eddie Kingston. Uh, second up on the three count NXT. Uh, I think everybody knows by now is bringing back Halloween Havoc for uh, yeah just a special edition of their uh, their weekly show, which I I talked about last week that I'm not super happy about. But as part of Halloween Havoc, they are also bringing back another old WCW concept of spin the wheel, make the deal. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with this, WCW tried this a couple of times, and uh, the first time was a match between Sting and Jake the Snake Roberts. And the wheel landed on a coal miner's glove match. <laughs> and, you know, the, the wheel was not gimmicked to land on a specific match. So it, it was legit, you know, a random selection. And it ended up being a coal miner's glove match, which is just horrible, honestly. But uh, so hopefully NXT has learned from that. And it, it will be a gimmicked wheel to land on whatever type of match they want uh, um you know, they want to have. So, uh, yeah, interesting, you know, WWE kind of throwing it back to some older WCW days. So I'm curious to see where it goes and what, what they're going to do with it. So we'll find out in a couple of weeks on the, uh, the Halloween Havoc show. And number three on the three count this week, the ending segment of Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, Roman Reigns successfully defended the Universal title against Braun Strowman. Uh, actually won by submission, which was kind of a surprise in and of itself. One with a guillotine choke. And uh, after the match, just decimated Strowman with uh, a spear and repeated chair shots. And, uh, you know, Jey Uso was uh, standing at the top of the ramp to see all of this, made his way down to the ring. Roman, trying to hand Uso the chair, turned his back on him. And, you know, Uso, uh, at first, not able to uh, not able to attack Roman from behind like that, but he eventually did pick up the chair and started wailing away on Roman Reigns with it. Uh, Roman recovered from that and hit Uso with the, uh, the Superman punch and laid him out to end the show. So I, I'm really, really liking this storyline with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. I mean, this is, the, uh, in my opinion, the best storyline going in WWE right now because uh, it does have that family family element. And, you know, we've been hearing the rumors that this is going to eventually turn into a faction led by Roman Reigns with the Usos as part of the faction. So I'm wondering, you know, what what is going to happen to bring Jimmy and Jay Uso over to Roman's side with Paul Heyman. Um, now, of course, uh, Uso and Roman have another match coming up at Hell in a Cell in a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see some more things, uh, you know, leading up to this. I don't think this storyline is going to end anytime soon. At least I hope not. You know, I like the direction that they're going. So uh, we'll have to have to see where, where this goes and how we get to the, uh, the end point, if it is, in fact, going to be a faction with... Uh, with the Usos and Roman Reigns. So moving into uh, Monday Night Raw, we had the second night of the WWE Draft, and uh, yeah, some some interesting 
Yeah, some interesting uh, draft picks here. Now, the uh, first and foremost, I want to mention the street prof street profits were drafted from Raw to SmackDown. So basically, that means Raw and SmackDown changed or traded their tag team champions with the street profits going to SmackDown and New Day going to Raw. So we saw a backstage segment with uh, with Adam Pierce and both of those teams and basically just had them uh, swap the belts so street profits are now the smackdown tag team champions and the uh new day are now the raw tag team champions so um yeah i'm not not 100 percent sure how i feel about that <laughs> just you know swapping the belts over it uh i just i don't know it seems a little pointless to me i guess but uh hey you know, whatever, they're, um, they're, WWE's gonna do their thing, so it is what it is. Uh, we also saw Elias return on Raw, a lot of returns happening the last couple of weeks uh, in uh, WWE, returned and attacked at Jeff Hardy after his match, uh, and then we saw an appearance from The Fiend and Alexa Bliss uh, attacking Andrade and Zelina Vega, um, after, uh, this was again after a match, uh, Andrade and Zelina were in the ring, the lights went out, indicating that the fiend was uh, was there and when the lights came back up instead of the fiend being in the ring we saw alexa bliss hanging upside down in the corner uh in that fiend style that he does and then the fiend of course did appear and we saw the double sister abigails from both of them so uh yeah alexa bliss firmly is now firmly with the fiend and they are both on monday night raw now and uh, kind of a surprise ending to Monday Night Raw. There was a number one contenders battle royal for the women's championship, and that was won by Lana of all people. Uh, it got down to it uh, looked like Natalia had won. It was down to Natalia and Lacey Evans. Lacey got eliminated. Natalia thought that she had won the match, but Lana had been outside the ring but had not been thrown over the top rope. So she got back in, eliminated Natalia, and Lana is your number one contender for the Raw women's championship. Uh, getting into some of the draft picks here, I'm just going to quickly go through uh, people that changed brands. I already talked about The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, moving from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, then we've got The Street Profits moving from Raw to SmackDown. Um, Braun Strowman moving from SmackDown to Raw. Matt Riddle moving from SmackDown to Raw. Kevin Owens moving from Raw to SmackDown. Jeff Hardy moving from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Elias both moving from SmackDown to Raw. Lacey Evans moving from SmackDown to Raw. Sheamus and Nikki Cross also moving from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode moving from Raw to SmackDown. Um, let's see here. What else? Apollo Crews moving from Raw to SmackDown. Dabakato, who we've only ever really seen in Raw Underground, so he was considered a free agent, was picked up by Monday Night Raw. Uh, what other changes do we have here? Aleister Black moving from Raw to SmackDown, so obviously his rivalry with Kevin Owens is going to uh, continue on to the, uh, the blue brand. Uh, and then uh, after Raw went off the air, uh, there were some additional picks. Natalia moving from Raw to SmackDown, the Riot Squad moving from Raw to SmackDown, and Arturo Huas, who, we, again, we've only ever really seen in Raw Underground, um, but he was listed as uh, an NXT superstar, has been drafted to Monday Night Raw, so that's uh, those are the uh, the changes that took place on night two of the WWE draft. Moving into NXT, I already talked about the number one contenders uh, tag team match between the Undisputed Era and um, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. Again, fantastic match. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. it it's just it's an amazing tag team match with those guys. Uh, had an announcement from William Regal. Regarding the NXT uh, championship held by Finn Balor, I think everybody knows by now Finn Balor suffered a broken jaw in his last title defense against Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, originally, 
thought that it was uh, was not going to require surgery, uh, but I guess upon further um, examination, it did require surgery. So uh, Regal basically is waiting a few weeks to see how Balor's recovery comes along before making a decision regarding the NXT title. Uh, I saw a little bit of a new... Uh, Alliance, I guess, form in uh, in NXT this week. Uh, saw, uh, uh, yeah, Jake Atlas and uh, <clears throat> and uh, Ashanti the Adonis had a uh, a match, and afterwards, now Adonis had previously helped out uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott in his uh, battles against Legado del Fantasma, and uh, Legado del Fantasma came out uh, during that match and basically created a distraction, allowed Jake Atlas to win the match, attacked Adonis after the match, Jake Atlas helped him out, um, and uh, before Legato Del Fantasma could get into the ring to outnumber these two, Swerve, uh, Swerve Scott came in with chairs, and so it looks like we've got Swerve, Adonis, and Atlas now as a, uh, a unified faction against Legato Del Fantasma, so that, that should make for some very, very good matches, uh, whether it's uh, tag team, six-man, singles, whatever. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on this one, and of course, uh, you know, in the mix with all that is the cruiserweight championship. And uh, uh, let's see what else do we got here. Johnny Gargano defeated Austin Theory. Uh, Candice LeRae defeated Shotzi uh, Shotzi Blackheart in a uh, uh, match for the number one contendership for the NXT Women's Championship. Now Candice got a little bit of help from her new. Uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call her, associate, I guess, uh, Indy Hartwell. Uh, yeah, Hartwell handed LeRae a set of brass knuckles during the match, and she used that to, uh, to pick up the win against Shotzi. So uh, Candice LeRae is your number one contender for the Women's Championship. Tony Storm made her return to NXT, picked up a victory over Aaliyah, and Damian Priest managed to retain the North American Championship in a uh, really good match against Dexter Loomis. Uh, now Cameron Grimes did get involved in this one towards the end of the match, and that is why Loomis uh, you know, lost uh, because of the interference from Cameron Grimes. And then after the match, Johnny Gargano attacked Damian Priest on the walkway. So... Uh, and this is the match that's going to uh, involve the uh, the spin the wheel, make the deal at Halloween Havoc is Johnny Gargano taking on Damian Priest. So I'm curious to see what kind of uh, match the wheel is going to put these two guys in. Moving on to SmackDown, we saw Lars Sullivan make his in-ring return, uh, picked up a victory over Jeff Hardy. Uh, New Day had their farewell match as a trio, picked up a win over Sheamus, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, yeah, New Day, you know, uh, got on the microphone before the match started and just, uh, you know, had, had a lot to say, thanking, you know, thanking each other, thanking the fans. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of breaking up the New Day, you know, I, I mean, they, they've been together for, what is it, six, seven years as a group. And it just, uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me to split them up. WWE is so short on real teams and they they split up so many of them through this draft that it's just it's ridiculous they're just uh they're they're wwe is slowly killing their own tag team division i don't know if they're doing it on purpose to try to phase it out or what because i think it's common knowledge vince mcmahon has never been a big fan of tag team wrestling but uh yeah i mean it just a lot of it doesn't make sense to me but it is it is what it is uh then we saw a uh 
another return on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan came out to address the uh, the virtual crowd that was there, talking about all of the uh, the new faces on SmackDown that he wants to get in the ring with. And somebody who he did not mention and apparently took offense to it was Seth Rollins, who came down and uh, got into a bit of a scuffle with Daniel Bryan. That brought, of course, brought out uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio who uh, chased Rollins back into the ring. Rollins tried to convince Brian to uh, help him out in fighting off the Mysterios. Daniel Bryan just kind of threw his hands up and left the ring. And uh, at that point, we saw Buddy Murphy come down to the ring. Looked like originally he was going to help Seth Rollins, but then turned and uh, just beat down Seth Rollins himself, chased him out of the ring, and uh, tried to, you know, extend uh, extend a hand to Ray and Dominic, saying, you know, he's on their side, or maybe offering some kind of an apology for all the things he had done when he was a uh, disciple of Seth Rollins. Ray and Dominic weren't having it, they just kind of left the ring and uh, left Murphy standing there in the middle of the ring, so... Obviously, this storyline is going to continue. I mentioned last week they just kind of shifted the storyline from Raw to SmackDown. For what reason, I really don't know. Uh, and then we had a uh, contract signing between Sasha and Bailey for their SmackDown Women's Championship match. It's going to be coming up at Hell in a Cell. Uh, and Bailey left the ring without signing the contract. We didn't get the typical uh, brawl that goes with WWE contract signings, but Bailey did leave the ring without signing. So uh, still a couple of weeks left before. Hell in a Cell, so I'm sure this is going to uh, uh, play out in one way or another. <clears throat> and then, uh, of course, I already talked about the main event, Roman Reigns retaining the Universal Championship against Braun Strowman. Moving into some AEW news, uh, FTR retained the AEW World Tag Team Championships against Best Friends, and uh, after that match, Miro and Kip Sabian came out and uh, put a beating on the Best Friends uh, apparently because in the course of the match, uh, the best friends did some damage to Miro and Sabian's uh, arcade machine that they had set up at ringside for their uh, for playing their video games. Uh, and then in a backstage, backstage segment, we saw Lance Archer and Moxley brawling back there, uh, even before their title match, which was the... Uh, uh, the main event of the show, like I uh, I had already already talked about a little bit, and we found out who the final two competitors are going to be for the uh, the world title eliminator tournament that's going to uh, start this coming week and end at full gear. Those last two competitors are going to be Penta and Joey Janela. So the uh, yeah the brackets are pretty much set. The first round matches uh, looking pretty good here. Penta versus Ray Phoenix in the first round. Now, obviously, they're a tag team. They're brothers, but they've fought each other many, many times. And uh, so that, I mean, that's going to be just an amazing match to watch. Uh, that right there is an early contender for match of the week. Then we've got Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. Again, no strangers to each other. They've had some uh, some pretty good battles in the past. Uh, and then on the other side of the bracket, we've got Colt Cabana taking on Hangman Page in the first round and Wardlow taking on Jungle Boy. That is a match I am very much looking forward to. Everybody knows how big of a fan of Wardlow I am. And, uh, you know, Jungle Boy, I've said many times, is the future of AEW. Um, hard to pick a winner in that one. Uh, but again, that uh, I would... I would say that's an early contender for match of the week whenever that match does take place. So, uh, but yeah, that, that tournament kicks off this coming Wednesday. So I would assume, I mean, uh, full gear is coming up November the 7th. So, um, yeah, I'm not uh, not sure how many matches they'll have each week between now and then. But uh, yeah, the finals will be taking place at full gear. Uh, and then we saw MJF in the ring, and uh, he, you know, said he had a major announcement to make uh, 
And I guess that major announcement was him asking Chris Jericho to join the inner circle in a very roundabout kind of way. Um, No answer was really given, but apparently they are going to have a steak dinner together this week. I don't know. It's just utter ridiculousness, and I'm here for it with uh, with Jericho and MJF. I, I really... I'm liking the the banter back and forth, and I'm sure this is at some point going to break down in a rivalry, and these two are going to have a match. And I mean, as as big of jerks as they both are on the microphone, and as cowardly as they can both appear, you know, in the ring, they're they're two of the best right now. So I I would love to see the match between Jericho and MJF. Uh, we found out Darby Allen is going to be getting a TNT title match at Full Gear. And, uh, yeah, there was a uh, was a TNT title match this week. Cody defending against Orange Cassidy. This one went to a 20-minute draw. Fantastic match between these two guys. This was a contender for match of the week, but that, uh, that tag team match on NXT just edged them out just a little bit. Uh, but there is going to be a rematch between Cody and Orange Cassidy in two weeks. Um, I would love honestly to see Orange Cassidy pick up the win and pick up the TNT title. I think a a rivalry between Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen would be amazing. I would love to see it. I would love to see a match between those two on a uh, on a major pay-per-view like Full Gear. So uh, we'll have to see what's going to wait what what's going to happen. But uh, I'm I'm kind of pulling for Orange Cassidy as much as I love Cody. I'm pulling for for Orange Cassidy to win that TNT title in uh, not this coming Wednesday, but next Wednesday. And uh, we saw Hikaru Shida retain her AEW Women's World Championship against Big Swole in another very very good match between these two. And the main event of the evening, of course, John Moxley retained the AEW World Championship against Lance Archer in just a brutal match between these two guys. But uh, you know, with Mox and Archer, you would expect nothing less. And these two guys uh, have been in the ring, you know, many times with each other, and every time they go in there, and just beat the living hell out of each other so uh yeah moxley and archer another great match and then i already talked about uh eddie kingston uh getting in the ring cutting his uh, his promo on moxley after the match and uh yeah just uh, amazing mic work from eddie kingston a little bit of new japan news kota ibushi for the second year in a row has won the g1 climax tournament so he will get the championship match against naito at Wrestle Kingdom coming up in January. Now, from what I've read, that match will only be for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, not for the Intercontinental Championship, which Naito holds both of those belts right now. Now, of course, that could change between now and then. And, uh, you know, uh, as is tradition, Ibushi is going to have to defend that uh, that briefcase between now and Wrestle Kingdom. And it looks like his opponent for that is going to be Jay White of the Bullet Club. So, uh, yeah, and that'll be coming up, I believe, at the next... Uh, next new japan event coming up in november uh some ring of honor news the pure championship tournament continues and we are down to the block finals on one side we've got jay lethal and tracy williams on the other side jonathan gresham and josh woods a little bit of a surprise i expected pj black to uh, to end up in that block final against jonathan gresham but josh woods is the uh is the man who moved on now, I, I still stick with my original prediction. The finals for the, the ROH Pure Championship is going to be Jonathan Gresham versus Jay Lethal. And, of course, they are the ROH Tag Team Champions at the moment. So a match between the two of these guys is going to be epic, and I can't wait to see it, quite honestly. I think everybody knows Jonathan Gresham. My, In my opinion, the best technical wrestler in the world right now. Uh, my, my favorite Ring of Honor guy, 
uh, by far and you know definitely in my top five in the world right now for me personally as far as favorites go uh, some impact news rich swan has been cleared to uh, return to the ring at bound for glory and he will be taking on eric young for the impact world championship uh, we saw sammy callahan and ken shamrock attack eddie edwards in the back this week uh, and that is resulting in Eddie Edwards taking on Ken Shamrock at Bound for Glory. That should be should be an interesting match with those two guys. Uh, and we also found out that Heath has been added to the Call Your Shot gauntlet match that's taking place at BFG. Uh, what Heath was not made aware of is that uh, in order to get him into the match, Rhino made a deal with Scott Demore that uh, if Rhino or Heath does not win that Call Your Shot gauntlet, both of them are out of of uh, of impact, but if one of them does win, then Heath gets his contract. So some uh, some interesting stuff going on with uh, with the former Heath Slater. So uh, that's gonna pretty much do it for news and rumors for the week. So right now I am gonna throw it over to Charlie G, and he is here with your indie cut. Thank you, Tom, and hey to wrestling friends. I am Charlie G. What you're in the cut. There was quite a bit of wrestling action, but I'm going to just stick to the collective, if that's okay with all of you. I will put in some note, news and notes after I get done with all these shows. So where we left off was uh, Saturday, October 10th at the collective, and next up was GCW's Joey Janela's Spring Break 4. Uh, this is the one I was waiting for, and it did not let me down. Uh, the show started off with the Ricky Shane Page Open Challenge, and none other than Orange Cassidy responded, defeating Ricky Shane Page with his 4 4 H boys at ringside in a very cool match. Uh, next up was Iron Beast of KTB, who will be on AEW Dark, if you did not know. And Shane Mercer defeating the Rascals of Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Uh, a little surprising with that victory, but still good nonetheless. Uh, next up was Jonathan Gresham uh, defeating Lee Mariarty with the, his octopus stretch and a great match between the two. Uh, I see Lee, like many others, going places. I wouldn't mind him in a ring of honor. To tell you the truth, he's, uh, he's really good at... Uh, uh, catch wrestling, so uh, be on the lookout for him. Uh, then next up was Team Pazuzu of Chris Dickinson with Ortiz and Santana. Yep, they made it to the show as well. And they defeated the next gen of Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Jordan Oliver. Uh, Chris hit a Pazuzu bomb on Blake for the win and a very awesome match between the six guys. Uh, both, both, all six men had something to say after the match, uh, thanking each other for the show and the future, of, the past and the future of wrestling. So, very cool. Uh, then was Tony Deppen uh, defeating Alex Shelley, of all people, uh, with a Mahi Straw Cradle in a very good match. Then we had Leo Rush defeating ACH with, with his big frog splash in a really good match between these two. Uh, couldn't, I hope to see it soon again on, maybe on a TV station, you never know. Uh, 
then uh, it was Ricky Morton. Yes, the same old 67-year-old NWA legend defeating Joey Janela. Uh, yeah, uh, Joey was not going to go over. Of course, he usually doesn't in his uh, in these shows, but still put on an awesome match. And Ricky won with a reverse figure four. Very cool, fun match. David went to the outside. Uh, so I don't know how well that went because they did get busted open. But you know, that's Joey and Ricky for you. Uh, next up was his Joey Janela's clusterfuck 48 person battle royal. Yes, 48 people made it into this battle royal. Uh, it lasted over an hour, about 10 minutes, I think it was. I think it went a little long because people were not happy <laughs> by the end of this show. Uh, but it was crazy fun and good. And Indiana's own crazy uh, spider Nate Webb defeated all of them uh when he didn't defeat all of them but he lasted throughout the, uh do them all and he entered at number one of all things so very cool movement for him uh he eliminated atticus kogar at the end of the match so congrats to nate uh and in the main event in the death match uh alex cologne defeated the uh retiring matt tremont in his last gcw match uh, all I can say, it was a gory mess, but still, it was interesting to see, uh, a lot of light tube dust, so it had to, um, uh, everyone had to evacuate after any of this match, instead of sticking around, waiting for the next show to begin, because there was just too much dust, <laughs> so, and then the next ma next program was my personal favorite, the Freelance Underground and Freelance Wrestling I don't think we're in Chicago anymore. Um, that took place a little later than expected, so it was not at 11.59, more like 12.30 or so, my time. Uh, yeah, so fan in attendance was very limited this time. I can't blame him for being in it past midnight in Indiana, uh, but still fun nonetheless. Uh, match started off with Isaiah Velasquez defeating Lee Moriarty with a double underhook pile driver and a very good match between the two uh, for the freelance underground tag titles the team of Warhausen of Danhausen and Warhorse uh, defeated the brothers of Funstruction uh, consisting of Ruffo the Clown and Yabo the Clown who are champions uh, they won by uh, Warhausen won by DQ after one of the clowns used the bell. Uh, it was a goofy, okay match. I've never seen the brothers of Fun Destruction, but I wouldn't mind seeing them at a Warriors show. You never, you know, they're kind of cool, goofy, and a lot better than Frank the Clown. Oh yeah, I forgot to say Frank the Clown and Robert Anthony were in that uh, battle royal, so uh, you won't hear the last of them. You'll, I'll tell you in a few minutes. Uh, and that's where this comes up for the Freelance Legacy title. Uh, Robert Anthony with Frank the Clown defeated champion Effie with his Mandalorian driver with help from Frank tripping Effie up. Uh, so I guess congrats to uh, Robert Anthony on winning a title. Maybe he will shut up for a while and leave Warrior alone. Uh, but still cool with his uh, long career to become champion. 
Uh, it was a decent match, even though Frank interfered a little bit too much to my liking. But then again, I don't like Frank. Uh, next up was a six-person scramble match with Blake Christian defeating Alex Zane, August Matthews, Davey Bang, Storm, Grayson, and uh, I believe his friend, Elena Black, with a crazy armbar submission on her. I don't know what it's called. No one knows what it's called during this weekend. So it must be a new move he learned in New Japan <laughs> in California. It was a good match between the six. And kind of interesting to see Blake and Elena go at it with how friendly they've been become. Uh, for the Freelance uh, Underground Independent title, uh, champion Laney Luck defeated Faye Jackson with a second rope cutter. And a very nice match between the two. Uh, Shane Mercer defeated Colby Carino and Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page made it known to everyone that it was 2 a.m. in the end of time. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. And he really did not seem into this match, which was okay because Shane hit a moonsault slam, holding Colby Carino for the win. Uh, very nice match between the foot three. And in the main event, yep, about 210 or so. For the freelance world title, champion Kylie Ray defeated Josh Alexander with her smiley crossface and a really good match. Uh, but it did end rather weird when Kylie left in a hurry, uh, took her belt, just ran off. She didn't pose, she didn't celebrate or anything. Uh, so hope all is well. She did have to cancel her show the next, well, later that day. So hopefully all was okay. And it turned out Josh Alexander ended up breaking his nose during the match. That ended at about 2.35 in the end of time. So, who knows if it was just late for Kylie or whatever, and she had to go. But, so, he'll fall as well, and she can make it to her Impact title match coming up soon. So, Sunday, October 11th. Uh, we started at about 11 a.m. my time, noon theirs, with Black Label Pro, Threat Level Noon. Yep, hence the name of the card. Uh, this card took a hit uh, when a vendor pulled out uh, Carlito, Chris Masters, Fred Rosser, and Heath uh, sometime on Friday, which really sucked for this show and really sucked for people in attendance and them. I mean, for Friday, the start of the collective, and you're going to pull out these guys. Um, so beware of a vendor uh, with uh, Carlito, Masters, Rosser, and Heath. Uh, so, show started with the uh, BLP Midwest title match with champion Alex Shelley defeating Anthony Henry. And a really good match. Uh, Josh Alexander, yeah, he was there at noon after 2.30 a.m. with his busted nose uh, defeating Layla Hirsch. A very good match. Uh, then the stunt doubles of Logan Stunt and Marco Stunt, who really don't get along, so this was kind of interesting to see. Uh, they replaced Carlito and Masters in this match against the Gaytanic Panic of Van Housen and Effie. Uh, this was an okay fun match between the four. Uh, so then in a seven-way seven scramble match, uh, AJ Gray defeated Big Beef, Callan Delaney, Jody Threat, Joshua Bishop, and Levi Everett, oh, and Matthew Justice. Uh, AJ uh, pinned Levi for the win. Uh, this was a okay match between the seven. 
I guess being you know being at noon and maybe I was just a little worn out watching all the shows. Seeing that a lot of these matches were just okay to me. Next up was Killer Kelly uh, defeating Billy Starks, who, repl who replaced Kelly Ray. Uh, this was a solid match between the two. Uh, Killer Kelly's uh, well known and well versed uh, wrestler, well tra traveled I should say, and Billy Starks is 18. So and for her to put on a match like this was really cool and uh, she'll probably be going places sooner than anyone else right you know so congrats to both uh, then we had top flight top flight of Airwolf and Angel Dorado who replaced Roster and Heath uh, to defeat Eric Stevens and Tom Lawler and a really good match uh, then for the VLP tag team titles uh, violence is forever with Donald Greeny and Kevin Koo uh, defeated the champions, uh, besties in the world of Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. And a solid match, so Violence is Forever is the new BLP Tag Team Champions. So congrats to them. Then for the BLP Heavyweight title, number one contender four-way match, uh, Blake Christian defeated his buddy Alex Zane with his armbar submission, along with Ethan Page and J.D. Drake. Very good match. Uh, J.D. Drake, uh, you might know from Evolve, so it was kind of nice to see him for Black Label Pro. Uh, it sounds like uh, he is going forward with them more than the now defunct Evolve. So, WWE's lost, I guess. And then in the main event, for the BLP Heavyweight Title Match, uh, Champion Jake Sumpton defeated Warhorse with his Black Hole Side Slam. Uh, Warhorse was going for his heavy metal elbow drop, uh, but he was distracted by Gary Dre, who came out with Warhorse's IWTV title, who I, which I mentioned last week was stolen, or so it was themed. Uh, this is a good match between the two. So somehow Gary J got the title from Stepstool Sarah, who was helping at the show at the Glory Pro show the day before taking the clothes and the titles and all that and put them in the back. Uh, the title even appeared on a like a Craigslist, Craigslist site being sold for $800. It was a little shady when the title, when the description of the title was at the collective or a couple houses away. So it was very weird and crazy that night to find Dan the Dad even posted it. So and Dad looking out for his buddy Warhorse, so um, wasn't sold. It was this Gary J's possession, and he came down to beat up Warhorse, Warhorse after the match and challenged him for the title at their next show, whenever that might be. Since St. Louis Anarchy was postponed yesterday due to COVID cases from the collective, I'll get into that after I say the rest of the show. So then uh, the next show was Shimmer, uh, Volume One Eighteen. Yeah, it wasn't sure it was going to be a volume, but they made it one. So they had Nevaeh defeating Kenzie Page. Uh, in a scramble match, Al Alice Crowley defeated Big Mama, Brittany Blake, Alina Black, Jody Threat, and Queen Amanada. In an okay match, uh, Heather Monroe defeated Layla Hirsch with an eye poke roll-up. Uh, pretty decent match. Layla deserves better than that, but... Uh, then the Bird and the Bee, Solo Darling and Willow Nightingale. I don't know why these still are on Independence and not in AEW. Uh, they defeated Kayla Cassidy 
and Sierra uh, with her sharp with solo solo darlings sharp stinger uh, sharp sharpshooter hold pretty much uh, on Kayla in a decent match uh, Lacey Ryan defeated Divine with her central perk blockbuster uh, decent match then for the heart of shimmer title uh, champion Hyan defeated, defeated Thunder Kitty in a solid match uh, Zoe Sky defeated Howard Dead in a very good match uh, then for the shimmer tag title match uh, team C stars of Ashley Vox and Dummy Exo were champions. Uh, actually defeated Allison Cade and Marley Bell uh, in a very in a very good match. Uh, kind of odd to see uh, NWA talent lose to the Sea Stars. So that very good match nonetheless. And then in the main event for Shimmer title match, uh, champion Kimberly uh, defeated Nicole Savoy with her swanton in a good match. Uh, then, which everyone came out to see, this this uh, fairground hall uh, wasn't packed, but it got pretty jam-packed in the walkways. You could see a lot of wrestlers want to see this. This was the Game Changer Wrestling Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 3, uh, which, which Josh Barnett could not take place on since he's training for his own fight. So... Uh, we started off with Simon Grimm defeating Matt Mikowski. Uh It was an okay match. It was he won by a botched suplex. Uh, so then they held a a women's tournament uh, with Allison Kay, uh, excuse me, defeating Killer Kelly with a leg choke in a good match. And then in the other semifinal match, uh, Lindsay Snow defeated Layla Hirsch uh, with a heel hook. Uh, then next up was Kelvin Tankman defeating Alexander James by knockout. Eric Hammer defeating Cal Jax with a wrist lock in a decent match. Uh, then Tom Lawler defeated Homicide with a sit sitting single leg crap in a good match. Uh, to, that was kind of that was a nasty leg crap. Put it he almost he tried to take Homicide's uh, toes and tap his head, and that's how much he was cranking on that. Uh, next up was Davey, J Davey Boy Smith Jr. defeating Josh Alexander with a Liger Bomb KO. Yeah, he knocked out Josh Alexander with the Liger Bomb. This was an okay match. It seemed kind of short, but uh, can't blame, you know, Davey Boy is too strong for Josh. And Josh had worked about like three, four other matches during the week, so weekend, so, you know, not good nonetheless. And then in the tournament finals, uh, Lindsay Snow defeated Alshon K with the heel hook. Uh, pretty decent match. And then in the main event, where everyone came out to see, even Janela, the stunts, and who knows who else, John Moxley defeated Chris Dickinson in about 15 minutes with his bulldog choke. This is awesome. Uh, both men put each other over at the end. Which this took a little bit. There was a little bit too much talking going on at the end of this match, and people just wanted to go. <laughs> but it's so cool nonetheless. Uh, then in the final show of the collective, Paradigm Pro Wrestling Trap Soul. About uh, eleven thirty my time or so. I kind of lost track. I actually kind of gave up. I watched this on replay. So we had Shug D, not Pineapple Pete anymore, defeating O'Shea Edwards. 
for the MidwestTerritory.com title match. Champion Chase Holiday defeated Sonico in a Naptown Elimination Scramble match. Uh, Billy Starks, of all people, defeated Adam Slade. Braden Lee, Dylan Derringer, Freddie Hudson, Juicy Finale. I don't know how that would happen. Oh, all the guys eliminated him first. Uh, Miles Morales, Sean Kemp, and Jay Washington. So the littlest person and the youngest person in the match won. So congrats to Billy on that. So you will have to face Calvin Tankman in a show coming up. Because he put this match together. So all the best to Billy on that one. Uh, next up, they had some UWF. I rules matches uh, with Dominic Green at defeating his partner of Kevin Koo. Uh, Flash Thompson defeating Cole Radrick. Moe Atlas defeated Eric Stevens by knockout. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good, bad knockout. Uh, then we had the Paradigm, Paradigm Heavy Hitters title street fight of champion Bobby Beverly defeating Alex Colon. I did not see that and I probably don't need to. Uh, then for the Paradigm tag, six-man tag titles, uh, there was champions, the Rejects of Akira, John Wayne Murdoch, and Reed Bentley. Defeated uh, Earl's picks of Hardaway Heater, Juicy Jimmy, and Noah Edward. Uh, I don't know who they did this to, but they hit a triple powerbomb from the top rope through a burning door. And it stayed on fire after they went he didn't really go through it. He pretty much bounced off this door, and the guys were freaked out. The door was still on fire. So, yeah. It's weird and crazy. I mean, and I had this... Yeah. This part, pretty much why I gave up on this show, because I knew it was going to be bloody. And then in the main event, for the clock, with the Clockwork Orange House of Fun Death match, uh, Bradley Prescott the fourth defeated Matthew Justice. Yes, Matthew Justice put on one more match at the end, and this, yeah, this went all over the place, so I felt sorry for a lot of people there. So you had a news out of the collective, uh, Dan the Dad, AC Mac, and Cabana Man Dan all have COVID now, uh, not sure how bad it is, and then some people who attended the show got sick, uh, some Ring of Honor talent, since I guess they're around the people, uh, did not pass protocol for their Ring of Honor tapings this weekend, so they had to rewrite the shows. Hopefully, Danhausen, Jonathan Gresham, and I'm not sure if Tony Deppen would go back or any who else from Ring of Honor was there. So yeah, uh, bad timing. Uh, I'm sure everyone still stayed safe, but even in an indoor building like this, uh, things do happen. So everyone is safe, and no one else really got sick from this. Uh, that would that'd really be a bummer, I must say, since there's quite a few people we know, I know, Tom knows there, so hopefully everyone's safe and okay from this. Uh, I will tr I'm going to go quickly through some of the stuff that went on there from then on. Uh, Saturday, October 10th, we had New Japan Day 13. Uh, Stardom, Gosses of Stardom Tag Team started with Day 1. Uh, first round, first round matches were Gokijin, Death, who's Death Damasan, 
and Riho teaming up, defeating uh, Mai Iwatani and Starlight Kid. Then Odatai of B. Priestley and Konami uh, went to a time limit draw against Queen's Quest of Saya Kamatani and Yutami Hayashita. Uh, then, uh, yeah, we had uh, matches in Denmark, Australia, and a couple in Australia, and one in England. So good on them for getting back in uh, some working order. We had Rust America in Burnsville, Georgia, Idaho Wrestling Club, uh, Wrestle Against Hunger in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Titan Championship Wrestling from New Jersey, yeah, uh, Ruthless Pro Wrestling from Erie, Michigan. Uh, this match, th these matches I wish I would have seen. Uh, they had a pumpkin patch of pain match with Madman Pondo defeating Poindexter uh, and then a light tube cabins in the woods match uh, with Akira defeating Tommy Vendetta. Uh, Renegade Championship Wrestling from Chatsworth, Georgia was back in action. Uh, Pro Wrestling Phoenix from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, POW Entertainment from Yorkville, Illinois. So you guys are on the map. Uh, Laredo Pro Wrestling Guild from Dublin, Georgia. Uh, this had some um, impact talent, so Johnny Swinger and Scotty Beach defeated George North and the Laredo Man. And for the Laredo Pro title, champion Eric Young defeated Crazy Steve. Uh, so, okay, and then uh, Interna International Wrestling Cartel, winner takes all 2020 from Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh, for the IWC Super Indie title, champion Brian Pillman Jr. There you go, buddy. Defeated Johnny Patch. And then for the control of IWC 10-man tag match, Team IWC consisted of Andrew Palace, Bill Collier, Jack Pollock, Justin Plummer, and Warlow, of all people. Warlow finally got back to begin wrestling and do a show. They defeated the regulators of Chris LaRusso, Dan Murphy, David Lawless, Don Murphy, and Jock Sampson. Uh, there was Anarchy Wrestling from Georgia. Uh, Bruce Shady Wrestling from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, where the Sideshow of Cypher and Nacho Clown defeated Killer Instinct of Chucky Bates and Gunnar Wicks. Uh, Sky Blue and the Caribbean Connection of Ch Chucko and Jay Manny defeated the Curse of J Sean Priest, Sierra, and Taylor Sullivan by DQ. Oh, and then Impact Ex Wrestling Explosion, uh, number 838. Uh, if you can get Explosion, I don't even know if it still took place, if you can find it. Uh, match of Chris Saban versus defeated Ben Carter. Uh, ben Carter's in the news because, I get, well, I don't know when this was taped, so hopefully he's healthy again. And word from Miro is he is signed with the dark side. Not sure if that means the E, Impact, but it sounds like AEW lost out on Ben Carter. Uh, all the best to him. I hope he signs with Impact more than, than the E because he can still do independent shows. Personal preference because Ben Carter is really cool and he was a blast to talk to. So all the best, Ben. Hope... Uh, Hope wherever you did sign or have signed, it works out for you. 
because, yeah, because the news was the uh, WWE wanted him to sign and go to WWE UK NXT. Uh, I don't know about that. I I think he'd be he would lose a lot of momentum. I would say, but that's just my own personal, you know, personal saying there. Uh, then we go to Sunday, the eleventh, Stardom Day Two. Uh, Queen's Quest of uh, Zumi and Momo Watanabe defeated Hanan and Sayolinda. Otataya B. Priestley and Konami uh, defeated Mayu Iwatani and Starlight Kid. Mina Sirikawa and Tam Nakano, very cool tag team. Uh, they defeated Otataya of Natsuka Tora and Saki Kasima. Uh, and then we had Donna Damondo of Mecca and Sturi. Uh, defeated Queen's Quest of Saya Kamatani and Yutami Hashita. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, final day of seven. Uh, and the final match was Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Keito Kiyomiya uh, to win their tournament. Uh, New Japan Day 14 took place. Uh, there was a show in Italy. So Italy is still trying to run a few shows. Uh, Monday, Zero One had a show. Uh, October 13th, Tuesday, Tokyoshi Pro uh, International Princess Title Tournament. Uh, as you might know, Thunder Rosa was the International Princess Title Holder back in New Year's. Uh, and the first one to do so from the North America, you might say. Uh, she had to uh, give up the title since who knows when or if she ever can get back to Japan. So they're holding a tournament. Uh, first round match was Miri Mayumi defeating Maharo Kiru and Soka Nakajima defeating Raku. Uh, New Japan Day 15 took place. Uh, then uh, United Wrestling Network Primetime Live number 5 took place. Uh, Clark Connors defeated Danny Limelight. Heather Monroe defeated Elena Black, so she got a little more coverage. Uh, good for Elena. Uh, West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Title Champion Hammerstone defeated Steven Transzero. Fred Rosher made it to this show, uh, defeating Chris Masters and James Storm, so they all made it to that show at least. And for the UWN Television Title Champion Dan Joseph defeated Dom Kubrick. Um, yeah, I'm going to skip through a lot of this. We're going to go to New Japan. Uh, from Friday, where Will Ospreay defeated Okada with the help of B. Priestley and the great Okarn, who's been on uh, sabbatical in RevPro since 2018. So Will Ospreay is no longer in chaos and is, for, is threatened to form his own group. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube from the New Japan Pro Wrestling where he talks about what is going on. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Bree show up ring ringside and then have someone help uh, Will Ospreay win. So it sounds like another group is joining New Japan. But I'm a fan of Will Ospreay's and I can't wait to see where it goes with this. Uh, then in the main event of that same show, Ishii defe defeated Jay White. And Gator was not happy with that. So maybe Jay White might join Osprey. You just never know. And those two together would be pretty cool. 
Saturday, uh, earlier today, uh, Tokyo Ocean Pro, uh, first round matches for the Princess title. Kari Noah defeated Pom Harajuku. And Yuki Kamafuki defeated Suzumi. Uh, then New Japan, day 18, right before the finals took place. So Kenta defeated Tatsuya Naito. Uh, so keeping Naito out of the finals. And then Sonata defeated Evil, uh, with a, both having the 12 points, but with Sonata winning, defeating Evil, he is in the finals against Kota Ibushi. Yes, Ibushi made it yet again, three years running. I want Sonata to win. I'm going to put it right here. I know Tom will cover the final on the show, so hopefully Sonata wins. Fingers crossed on that. Uh, so uh, that's a wrap for me. Till next time with any more indie news or shows. I cut a lot of those shows out. I was going to do something fancy with the stream, with the Yahoo stream, and put it on the sidebar here. As you notice, I put some uh, special thanks in uh, shows. I'm going to try and do that from now on. For all YouTube watchers, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, and everyone for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed the cut. Uh, and this busy busy weekend again. Uh, stay safe, take care, and be kind everyone. Back to you, Tom. Alright, thanks a lot, Charlie. So let's uh, keep it moving right along into the next segment here, where I get to play uh, Armchair Booker a little bit, and you all know what I'm talking about. It's a fantasy booker. So we are continuing with the uh, the CHS Faction Tournament, and this week we've got uh, what I think is a pretty good one, the Shield versus the Elite. Now, the Shield, of course, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, or John Moxley, and Seth Rollins, and the Elite, I'm talking about the, uh, the five, you know, core members of the Elite when they first formed, which was the Young Bucks, or, or I'm sorry, six six guys, as a matter of fact, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if this was a real match, we're talking about six on three, but, you know, I'm I'm not ta really talking about who would win in a fight in this uh, in this tournament so much. It's more about who was, uh, who do I feel was the, the better faction, who accomplished more, you know, who just, uh, yeah, who do I think was a better faction? And in this case, I have to go with the Elite. Um, I mean, I loved the Shield when they were together. When they first came in, I thought they were just fantastic, you know. Um, they were kind of the henchmen for CM Punk for a little bit, and then they kind of moved off onto their own. And, you know, I, I was a huge fan of the Shield. But when, when you talk about the Elite, you're talking about, you know, arguably the best tag team in the world in the Young Bucks, uh, arguably the best wrestler in the world in Kenny Omega, uh, Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull. I mean, these guys pretty much ran wrestling outside of the WWE for, you know, a long time. And then they broke off on their own. And, of course, now we have AEW out that uh, came out of this uh, this grouping of guys. And, and uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't think you can argue that in this particular matchup, the Elite has to you know, has to come out victorious just based on, uh, you know, everything that they did without the WWE machine behind them as far as merchandise sales and popularity. And, uh, 
yeah, just uh, like I said, I don't think you can can argue that the the elite, possibly one of the greatest factions of all time. But we'll find that out as we move along in this tournament, won't we? So uh, yeah, so for this week, the fantasy booker, we've got the elite uh, going over on the shield. And moving into uh, the final segment of the show here where I give a not-so-popular opinion, and I'm pretty sure this one coming up is not going to be very popular with a lot of people, and I am talking about the Weekly Hot Take. All right, so the hot take for this week, we found out that uh, Bailey was ranked number one in the uh, the PWI uh, women's top 100. And you know what? As much as everybody complained about it or, you know, fake laughed at it online and things like that, she deserves it. I mean, look at, uh, you know, look at, look at Bailey over the last year. Number one, she's been the SmackDown women's champion for a year. You know, you you don't see year-long title reigns too much anymore, especially not in WWE. Um, So, you know, just that fact alone is is amazing that they've left the title on her for that long. And number two, she has been put in a position to be the top woman in WWE, especially with Charlotte being out the last several months, and she's taken the ball and she has ran with it. She's done a complete 180 with her character, going from the the quintessential babyface character to you know really turning into I think a pretty effective heel. You know, I I I, I don't I'm not going to go so far as to say she's a natural heel, but I think she has found found her groove as a heel, and she is just running with it, and I think she's doing a hell of a job. So yeah, I would I would be hard pressed to argue that Bailey is not the top women's wrestler in the world right now. You know, at least for the last year. So uh, you know, everybody who's uh, upset or angry or whatever about Bailey being ranked number one, go back and look at the last year of women's wrestling. Show me somebody who deserves it more. You know, who who's carried the the entire women's division of a company. Uh, on their back and has held a championship that entire time you know show me show me somebody who deserves that number one spot more than Bailey does and you know what honestly I don't think you can do it so uh yeah that that is my hot take for this week Bailey deserves and has earned the number one spot in the PWI women's top 100 and that's that (laughs) so that is gonna wrap things up for this week again I want to thank everybody for listening watching and subscribing on Podbean Spotify Apple Podcasts YouTube Amazon Music wherever you get your podcasts from make sure you're following on social media it's at catch hook shoot on all platforms Patreon.com slash CatchHookShoot for bonus content. ProWrestlingTees.com slash CatchHookShoot for t-shirts. CatchHookShoot.BigCartel.com is our other web store for stuff that you can't find on Pro Wrestling Tees. And if you want to shoot me an email, it's CatchHookShoot at gmail.com. So with that, I am going to sign off for right now. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. Enjoy all the wrestling coming up. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Do all the stuff you're supposed to be doing. And I will talk to you guys soon. 